Hello, everybody, and welcome to the X Factor with the Crypto Hipster. Today's May 19, and this is the season finale of season two. Season two, episode 20, totally overall episode 40. Next week, we start season three. And what a year it's been. What an amazing 40 episodes we've brought to you. I hope you continue to listen to the X Factor with the Crypto Hipster. And um, yeah, and I'm delighted that you were joining me today. And uh, we have an amazing show. Today's May 19, 2023. And uh, yes, season finale. Season finale. Um, wrapping up and renewed. And, and, and look. Um, we bring I bring you the global news insights analysis commentary from crypto news around the world for the past week. And uh, we're going to kick things off with an announcement next weekend, May 25, which is actually Thursday. There's and this is my final announcement on this. There's an event coming up in uh, called Block Bali. Um, it is in Bali. I'm sorry, it's not about Bali. It's it's uh in it's in Indonesia, Block Jakarta. Block Jakarta in Jakarta, Indonesia, put on by Black Arrow Conferences. Um, it's going to be an amazing one-day event in Jakarta. And the reason why I'm thinking about it is because I was thinking about Bali because not only did I sponsor that in the fall, um Indonesia has beautiful beaches. So if you are in the mood for a beautiful beach, check it out. You know, go to the conference and the next day get a suntan. It's going to be great. You know, suntans are always amazing things to have. And, uh, you know, enjoy. So let's uh, let's kick things off with the first news article of the day. And we're going to go to uh, crypto bank runs. We're going to talk about crypto bank runs in 2022. Okay. And um, here we go. In 2022, crypto bank runs were catalyzed by institutional withdrawals, not retail withdrawals, okay? And research suggests the lack of insurance for depositors on crypto platforms induced fear among retail and institutional clients, leading to heavy withdrawals and a liquidity crunch, okay? Uh, The 2022 crypto bank runs. I want to name these bank runs. There were Celsius, Voyager Digital, BlockFi, Genesis, and FTX, the big five. Uh, They're caused by the failure of multiple ecosystem giants and have had a lasting impact on the crypto industry. It's it's lasted. It's it's been a brutal year. Uh, New research from the Federal Reserve Bank of Chicago, the FRBC has identified several key factors and catalysts that accelerated the crypto crisis. The report identified the withdrawals by crypto whales and large account holders on centralized exchanges created the liquidity crisis that led to the bank runs. Okay, And um, the crisis came, of course, was prompted by Terra Luna, uh, spurring customer outflows for many crypto lenders, um, and then, you know, bankruptcy by Celsius and Voyager and all that. The second major crisis, of course, was Three Arrows Capital, 3AC's downfall. Okay. 3AC 
uh, became a major source of contagion. Okay, so you had Terraluna contagion, you had three AC contagion, and um, institutional withdrawals. Um, and the third crisis came from FTX, right? So there's three things. And that exchange saw outflows of over 37% in customer funds um, as news about the financial instability became prolific and public and all that stuff, you know. So the question is, how safe is Web3? Decentralized DeFi is pretty safe. Centralized finance, not so safe. Um, Although most of these failed companies had a significant retail base, institutional client withdrawals led the, the, to the crisis, okay? Um, and including $2.2 billion in institutional withdrawals from Celsius. And owners of large-sized accounts, those with over $500,000, withdrew funds at the fastest rates and proportionally more quickly than other account holders. And what you did was you left retail guys like me and others holding the bag. But how did you bounce back? The most important thing is, yeah, these institutions had an end. They had an opportunity to get out first. They did. And um, But what was your calling card? Like, how did you respond? How did you react? What did you do? How did you bounce back? You know, I bounced back by creating this wonderful show for you guys to listen to each and every week and uh, continue to do so. Even when I get my money back someday, maybe. We'll see. Okay. The next piece of global news. Okay, that was the global news. And the next piece of global news is the blockchain arms race risks being won by adversarial nations. According to a U.S. crypto lobby group, the Chamber of Digital Commerce has urged Congress to set up digital asset and blockchain technology Solarium Commission to develop crypto regulation. A blockchain lobbying group backed by the likes of Goldman Sachs, Citigroup, Circle, and Fidelity has urged the U.S. Congress to pass a legal framework for digital assets or risk falling behind other nations. Uh, Today, this morning, first thing in the morning, early, The U.S. Chamber of Commerce, Digital Commerce, sent a call to action to Congress and the Senate to prioritize passing a national approach to crypto regulation. The organization added that a request that Congress organize a digital asset and blockchain technology solarium commission to to develop a national strategic approach to digital assets and blockchain technology in the U.S. Why is this global then? There was a stark warning that failure to act would enable adversarial nations to further their activities in the space that endanger U.S. leadership and dollar primacy. Yeah. Somebody please tell that to the SEC and Gary Gensler that they're not acting on behalf of the U.S. or be acting on behalf of of adversarial nations. That makes a lot of sense. It mentioned China as an example of an adversarial action with its development of an internationally focused blockchain-based services network to incorporate global development and trade and fill the U.S. creative vacuum. We have created a vacuum. We have. It's a vacuum. It's not a Hoover vacuum. It's not a Sears vacuum. It's a vacuum like the space 
black hole vacuum. Thank you very much, SEC. Um, and I keep saying it. I've kept saying it. I've been really consistent in what I'm saying it the whole entire season. Season three, I'll do better. I promise. Yeah. Hopefully, I will. Hopefully, I hope. Um, excited the growing number of countries considering or choosing to trade with China directly in Yuan and ditching the U.S. dollar. These include Saudi Arabia, Russia, France, Brazil, India. A lot of countries. Too many. All right. So let's get our head out of our out of a hole in the ground or out of our butts and do something positive in this space. Let me know your thoughts. Hopefully you join me here. Okay. This one. The U.S. We're going to the U.S. now. We have some interesting developments in the U.S. and especially in Miami. Home of the Dolphins. Home of what's it, the Florida Panthers and the four overtime win last night. Crazy stuff. Actually, the announcer um, in Carolina apologized to the fans that the game was taking so long. But we're talking about blockchain and crypto and not hockey. Panelists at a discussion on fighting the anti-crypto army have sought to dismiss the idea that working with lawmakers to regulate crypto should be framed as a fight. Okay. Uh, a trio of speakers in attendance at Industry Day, May 18, during Bitcoin 2023 event in Miami, held a discussion on government regulation and how the crypto industry should fight back against the anti-crypto army led by Liz Warren, Pocahontas, Tonto, Kimasabi, and whatever else she wants to call herself. Moderated by David Zill, co-founder of the Bitcoin Policy Institute, the panel featured Perry Ann Boring, very accomplished person in the space, Matt Gudos, respect. She's the founder and CEO of the Chamber of Digital Commerce. Mina Katak, a senior director of crypto and Web3 WorldPay. And Dana Syracuse, a partner at the law firm Perkins Coley. Um, they said the discussion opened with the Chamber of Commerce, uh, boring describing the regulatory situation as dire. It is dire. After placing set of the blame on the contentious nature of some of the discourse surrounding cryptocurrency regulation, on the recent scandals in this space, with a lot of negative headlines, displaying boring, there have been a lot of setbacks, and that's given a lot of ammo to regulators to crack down. She added that some politicians were seemingly dead set against the proliferation of cryptocurrency and decentralized finance tech, including that bald guy in California, whatever his name is, doesn't matter what his name is, um, because it doesn't necessarily fit into the vision or the goals of some politicians who believe this stuff should be controlled and who get kickbacks kick from China? Did you say that? Who get kickbacks from China? I don't know. Maybe. Huh? See? I don't know. However, Boring expressed her belief that such challenges would be surmountable. Now, let me ask you this. I'm sure I'm going to be hated by the Bitcoin maximalists, but I'm not going to be derogatory. I'm going to be, I'm just going to put it out there as a question of, Hypocrisy, not hypocrisy, but yeah, maybe a hypocrisy. Okay. How can you be a Bitcoin maximalist? Call every other coin in the industry a shit coin. Okay. Start that fight. Be a maximalist and exclusive and then say, hey, let's not fight the regulators. On one side, you're fighting everybody. 
And then on the other side, you're saying, oh, man, bro, yeah, let's have love, peace. It does not work like that. You have to be consistent. So my question is, where's the consistency? You know, if you're either going to fight everybody and call them a shit coin and the shit coiner and dismiss them, or you're going to embrace everybody and say, let's build the whole entire industry together, not pick and choose who you choose to fight. That is not like consistent. That's like hypocrisy, right? I don't know. Let me know your thoughts on the hypocrisy in the maximalist space. And if I offended you, I mean, tell me why you're offended because that's how I see it. And I would love to see it differently. I'd love you to change my mind. But let's talk about a different cryptocurrency. And actual, and I'm not going to call this a shitcoin. XRP. I don't have any, by the way. Ripple case, SEC Hinman docs could become public by June 6th. Okay. The infamous, infamous Hinman speech docs are required to be unsealed on June 6th, according to a previous court order. Okay. Defense lawyer and former federal prosecutor James K. Thelon expects the infamous Hinman speech documents to be released publicly by June 6th, citing a previous court order. The Hinman documents relate to a 2018 speech from former Securities and Exchange Commission Corporation Finance Division Director Bill Hinman, who essentially stated that Ether was not a security. Did, are you listening, Mr. Gensler? Ether is not a security. The documents involve the SEC's internal discussion and deliberation around this speech. In a May 17 Twitter thread, Falon, who has been actively following the SEC versus Ripple case, provided a statement. According to the case, the court's 9-12-22-2 order, the parties had 21 days to file public redacted versions of summary judgment documents consistent with the ceiling ruling June 6th is the day. It's 21 days from yesterday, he wrote. Oh, 21, 20 days from today. 20 days from yesterday. Is it 20 days? What's going to be in that Hinman document? All right, that's the big thing. What's it going to reveal? And how is it going to make a difference? And should it make a difference? And will it make a difference? And Mr. Gensler, you're not off the hook. I'm going to talk about you right now. Oh, yeah, I'm going to talk about Mr. Gensler right now. Okay. SEC Chair Gensler claps back at Coinbase. Says crypto rules already exist. Well, I'm not going to give you my thoughts on that. Speaking at the Financial Markets Conference, the SEC Chair asserted that the rules for crypto are already in place and that crypto sector has been largely noncompliant. The chair of the United States Securities and Exchange Commission, by accident, Gary Gensler, has hit back at Coinbase's petition, compelling the agency to provide a clear stance on crypto regulation, arguing that there are adequately laws in place. On a May 15 keynote speech at the Financial Markets Conference, Gensler was asked about the dispute with Coinbase, the rules on crypto, and why the SEC doesn't publish rules for that market. In response, Gensler, Gensler staunchly asserted 
The rules have already been published. To make it quite direct, this is a field that has been operating largely non-compliant. There's nothing about a new technology that makes it non-consistent with the public policies that Congress has laid out. What are you smoking, man? Like, really? Like, is it peyote? Is it some of that old ancient Indian stuff that Pocahontas handed to you? Is that, does that tickle your fancy? No? Okay. He argued that the SEC has already put out the rules for what is required in custody assets. Be an exchange broker dealer or advisor and how to register securities offerings with the agency. Cryptocurrency is not securities. There's a difference between stocks and crypto. Huge difference. Stocks are run by a bunch of people who, in this country, are not qualified to be there. Or a bunch of people. Not all of them. A lot of people who are handed jobs who don't know what to know. They know who to know. But that doesn't qualify you to run a company and bring value to stocks. Cryptocurrencies, however, are driven by the technology and the data and the privacy and all that stuff, which is completely different. That didn't exist in 1934. Um, but, you know, I'm just glad that during my heydays of clubbing in the 90s, there was no social media. And for that, I am eternally grateful. Thank God. And thank my religion, which is not maximalization. Um, but let's go to Europe because I'm tired of talking about Gensler. And like I said, in season three, I'm going to do a better job. Updated European tax derivative directive requires reporting on all crypto asset transfers. The DAC-8 extends tax reporting procedures to crypto transfers in line with the OECD crypto reporting framework and European Union AML anti-money laundering rules. The European Council has approved updated rules that extend tax reporting requirements to include transfers of crypto assets. This is the eighth version of the Directive on Administrative Cooperation, which is a set of procedures for automatic information sharing between European governments for tax purposes. DAC-8 was proposed in December and approved on May 16, which is Tuesday, after the pa passage of Markets in Crypto Assets, MICA. We're going to talk about that next, since it depends on definitions established in that legislation. The new DAC adheres to the Crypto Asset Reporting Framework, CARF, and amendments to reporting standards published by the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development, OECD, in October at the G20 mandate. Uh, it requires crypto service providers to collect information on crypto asset transfers of any amount to ensure traceability and identify suspicious transactions. It strengthens the EU's anti-money laundering and counter-terrorism financing rules and proposes the creation of a new European AML body. All right. The proposed legislation requires that all CASPs, crypto asset service providers, Ensure that transfers of crypto assets are accompanied by the name of the beneficiary, the beneficiary's distributed ledger address, in cases where a transfer of crypto assets is registered on a network using DLT or similar technology, and the beneficiary's account number, in which cases where uh, it exists already. Let me know your thoughts. How's that going to fly? What's going to go? How's it going to be? What's it going to do?
Let me know your thoughts on that, please. And like I said, like I promised, up next is Micah. EU finance ministers approve Micah crypto regulation. The Economic and Financial Affairs Council of the European Union, comprising of finance ministers of all member states, has given the green light to the highly anticipated Micah regulation bill. Finance ministers from 27 member states voted in favor of the MICA bill and amendments to several regulations and directives relating to the new legislation. Two more pieces of legislation, including regulation on information on company transfers of funds and certain crypto assets, were also adopted by the European Parliament in conjunction with the MICA adoption. Uh, legislation sets clear regulatory guidelines and requirements for using crypto and related services and activities across the EU. The scope of the legislation covers a range of cryptocurrencies, digital assets, utility tokens, and stable coins. Let me know your thoughts. How's that gonna go? Congratulations, Micah. Congratulations to EU on being reasonable. And now we're gonna talk about something completely unreasonable. Because why don't we? Why don't we talk about things that are completely unreasonable on the X factor with the crypto hipster because that's just the way it is. So now we leave the European Union and we head into the UK. Crypto retail trading should be regulated as gambling, according to the UK lawmakers. The trading of so-called unbacked crypto assets such as Bitcoin and Ether should be regulated as gambling rather than as a financial service, according to a panel of British lawmakers. The UK is currently working on a crypto regulatory framework that would mix existing financial asset laws with new crypto-specific laws. However, in a May 17 House of Commons committee report, the UK Treasury Committee strongly recommended regulating retail crypto trading and investment activity as gambling, consistent with the principle of same risk, same regulatory outcome. According to the price volatility and lack of intrinsic value, they say, unbacked crypto assets will inevitably pose significant risks to consumers. Now, that's the pound, man. That's the British pound. That's the U.S. dollar. Well, that's the U.S. dollars backed by military. Pound, what is pound backed by? I don't know. Stupid people. Let's see. Treasury, like this person. Treasury Committee Chair Harriet Baldwin. Describe Bitcoin and Ether as an accounting for two-thirds of the total market cap, both of which she seemed are unbacked. We are concerned that regulating retail trading and investment activity in unbacked crypto assets as a financial service will create a halo effect that leads consumers to believe that this activity is safer than it is when it's protected, when it's not. Uh, yeah, Bitcoin's backed by technology, data, privacy, all that stuff, math. Yeah. Um, but let me let me ask you this. Now this is this is ridiculous. They're saying this is the way I take it. They're saying that things should be regulated based on type of investor, not type of instruments. Now that makes no sense. That's completely ludicrous. Like you have retail people who are invested in Bitcoin, Litecoin, Ethereum, and other tokens that have real world intrinsic value. And you also have institutions who were invested in meme coins, you know, who actually claim they have no value. Um, every crypto instrument is different, and there are many different crypto instruments now, and each should be looked at separately 
So does it make more sense to, let me know your thoughts. Does it make more sense to look at things in terms of instrument, in terms of sector, or in terms of person or institution? You know, I'm not going to tell you, I'm not going to ask you, your lawmakers, why they're stupid. Because it just sounds stupid, you know, to me. So, you know, um, let me know your thoughts on how stupid they sound. All right. Let's go. Italy. Italy has set aside millions for workers at risk of AI replacement. Italy's back and forth with the emergence of artificial intelligence continues after lawmakers in the country announced funds for those at risk of losing their jobs to automation. On May 15, Italian officials set aside 30 million euros, $33 million, toward the Fondo per Repubblica Digitale to enhance the capabilities of the unemployed and those whose jobs are at risk of automation and AI takeover. The FRD was initially set up by the Italian government back in 2021 with the initial, with the mission of boosting digital skills and developing the country's digital transition, according to the foundation. 54% of Italians between the ages of 16 and 74 are without basic digital skills as opposed to the European Union average of 46%. While two-thirds of the funds will go toward helping the unemployed develop digital skills to enter the job market in the first place, $10 million will go toward those direct already at risk of AI replacement. Is this a smart decision? Is this smart as opposed to the UK? Is this a smart idea? I think it is. Let me know your thoughts. And we're going to Asia. Okay. Japan. Japan. Actually, Japan leads the world in losses from North Korea crypto hacking, hacking with 30% of the total, according to a report. Japan is the biggest loser of cryptocurrency to North Korean hackers, according to a study by blockchain analytics firm Elliptic. Asian countries make up three of the four top targets for the so-called Hermit Kingdom's hackers, Elliptic found. The study, commissioned and reported on by Japanese financial publication Nikkei, looked at losses of cryptocurrency from cyber attacks originating in North Korea from 2017 to 2022. The study took into account both hacking and ransomware attacks. It described the attacks as a national strategy. Japan suffered losses of $721 million in those attacks, which was 30% of the world total of over $2.3 billion. Elliptic found based on an estimate of $640 million of crypto lost in 2022. According to the UN, North Korea crypto theft reached a new high in 2022. According to Nikkei, the Japan External Trade Organization, $721 million stolen from Japan is 8.8 times greater than the value of North Korea's exports in 2021. How dire is this? How awful is this? You know, um, let me know your thoughts on what and why is Japan such the biggest target? I mean, is it because of the close proximity or the other reasons? And what are those other reasons? Uh, this needs to be investigated. Let me know your thoughts. Let me know what you think. Ripple to demonstrate tokenization in HKMA e Hong Kong dollar pilot program using a new CBDC platform. Um, Ripple will participate in the Hong Kong Monetary Authority's digital Hong Kong dollar central bank digital currency pilot program by showcasing a real estate 
asset tokenization solution. The company will reveal its new CBDC platform at the same time. Ripple will partner with Taiwan's Fubon Bank and others to demonstrate equity release with tokenized assets using a retail version of the e-Hong Kong dollar CBDC. Equity release, also known as reverse mortgage, is the practice of a lender letting a homeowner access the equity in their home, with payment coming due only when the house is sold or the borrower dies. Tokenization can reduce friction, of course, and speed for banks, Ripple said. How's this going to go? Ripple is venturing into real estate. Let me know your thoughts on that matter. And it sounds like more than just a shit coin now, doesn't it? I don't see it as a shit coin at all. Congratulations, Ripple. Good luck. I'm interested to see how things go. Korean lawmakers rallied toward crypto rules in May after a grisly murder case. Oh, a murder case. Oh, wow. Let's see. What's going on here? Lawmakers from South Korea are pushing to enshrine stricter regulation of digital assets in the wake of a gruesome murder case involving digital assets. According to a May 18 Bloomberg report, a Korean woman was abducted on March 29th and later murdered. It's horrible. That's awful. In a dispute believed to have stemmed from a disagreement over cryptocurrency-related losses. Adding to a string of digital asset-related scandals, including Duquan's terror money ecosystem collapse in May last year. I don't know if they're related, just two events related, but the recent murder case has reportedly added urgency for lawmakers to expedite the nation's first standalone crypto bill, which could be passed in a parliamentary vote later this month. Wow. Well, it takes what it takes sometimes. You know, how's that going to go? How's the Korea laws going to go? What are you expecting to see? Let me know your thoughts. Chinese prosecutors to crack down on pseudo-innovation in the NFT market. On May 15, the Supreme Court, the Supreme People's Procuratorate, Procuratorate of the People's Republic of China, the national agency responsible for legal prosecution, shared its thoughts on the non-fungible token market. In an article, three authors outlined the prosecutor's vision of the market risks and reasons to combat them more actively. The article pays attention to the tendency of securitization of NFTs, the shared ownership of one copy by multiple users, which in an author's opinion, 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 not fact, no longer corresponds to criteria of non-reproducibility, indivisibility, and uniqueness. Good thing it's an opinion. Among other threats, the prosecutors see the inflation of prices of NFTs triggered by marketing methods such as airdrops, blind boxes, and limited sales. Taking a strange blend of aesthetic and economic analysis, the authors mention a lack of artistic beauty and reasonable pricing mechanisms behind the inflated prices of some non-fungible tokens. According to the agency, marketing models such as rewards, dynamic rights, and interest can also quickly evolve into illegal pyramid schemes. A non-fungible token is a digital receipt, my friends. It's a digital receipt, not a piece of art. That's on a JPEG. Uh, there's a big difference. So if you look at a piece of art on a JPEG and you're saying there's no value, the beauty is in the eye of the beholder. And when I look at you, you don't know any better. So how can I find beauty in that? I can't. So I'm not. So we're going to move to Pakistan. Where there's also no beauty. 
Pakistani finance minister says crypto will never be legal because of FATF. Okay? So Pakistan will ban cryptocurrency services operating in the country and never legalize crypto trading. Minister for State for Finance and Revenue Aisha Gauss Pasha said at a session of the Senate Standing Committee on Finance and Revenue on May 16, adding to multiple local media reports. Other officials, including the State Bank of Pakistan, SBP Director Johel Sohel Jawad, spoke in favor of that decision. They said banning crypto was one of the requirements set by the Financial Action Task Force, which removed Pakistan from its gray list in October. The gray list contains countries that the body considers deficient in anti-money laundering and counterterrorism financing measures, but that are working with it to meet and remedy their shortcomings. The SBC and Information Technology Ministry were drafting legislation for the ban. So, some nations are not under God and not indivisible and just love to be in poverty. And they love the people to be in poverty and they love to be in poverty. And what's going to happen is that India is going to be an economic powerhouse right next to you. And you're going to be dirt poor. Because stupid. Anyway. Pakistan. Yeah. Let's go. I don't know why some of those people are making really I don't know. Idiotic moves. They, 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 yeah, nah. huh. Who knows what goes on in the minds of men? I know what goes on in my mind, and that's pretty much what, all I know. Binance Australia. Because we're going to go to Australia now because kangaroos are smarter than some of these politicians. I'll say it again. Kangaroos are smarter than some of these politicians. Binance Australia partner hints at rising scams after debanking exchange. Cuscall, a company that handles the Australian dollar on and off ramping from the exchange, declined to comment. Of course, they declined to comment. Everybody declines to comment. Um, a third-party payments provider for Binance Australia, Cuscall, hinted at the impact of scams and fraud related to account fraud, ID takeover, and crypto activity after being questioned why offboarded the exchange. Binance Australia on May 18 announced it would be suspending Australian dollar fiat services in Australia after a decision from a third-party payment service provider. This turned out to be a financial services company. Okay, Cuscall. A spokesperson representing Cuscall declined to elaborate why it specifically pulled support for Binance Australia. And the official statement from the company does not mention Binance or crypto exchanges. Why they pull it? Who knows? Account fraud, the ID takeover, crypto activity, yada, 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 yada. Um, it's very disappointing. It was one of the off-ramps. Let me know your thoughts. And uh, on Australia and kangaroos being smarter than politicians. I think maybe they are, but I want to know your thoughts. Are kangaroos smarter than politicians? Anyway, this has been a, a wonderful season. I'm wrapping it up now. Episode 20 of season two so episode 40 overall this past week i published episode seven as a book so if you missed the podcast it's under crypto hipster let me know your thoughts episode seven there's episodes one through seven right now on amazon live i'll see you next week for season three enjoy your week this has been a wonderful happy to be here 
for your listening pleasure and enjoyment each and every week. Have a wonderful time, and thank you for tuning in.